We're going to be in John 15 this morning in verse 1. John 15, 1. My wife likes to work outside in the yard, and uh, a number of weeks ago, she had pulled out a bunch of plants, and she was going to give them to somebody else. So she just laid them in this pot. Well, then she got busy. And as she got busy, those plants didn't have soil, and they didn't have water, and they withered, and they were just an ugly pot of dead stuff. Okay? Um, the same thing is true in the Christian life. We can't do without Jesus. If we're separated from him, we wither. Uh, we have no power. We cannot do what God has created us to do. And so we need the regular, ongoing fellowship with Christ so that he can live his life through us and be fruitful through us. Uh, and he produces the character of God in us. He helps us reach other people with the message of the gospel. All of life in the Christian life is sustained and empowered by Jesus Christ. And so um, this scripture we're going to look at, Jesus gives an illustration of the fact that he is the vine, spiritually speaking. He's the vine. We are the branches. We've got to be connected to him in order to bear the fruit that God has called us to bear. And that is going to take an intentional uh, choice in our lives to remain in fellowship with God. Uh, we do that through confession of, of sin. We do that through asking God to fill us with his spirit. We do that through a surrendered life and a trust in Christ that he can help us uh, live out through the power of the Spirit. Uh, but this is a life that he has called us to, and it is truly a secret of everything in the Christian life. I want to tell you, if you try to live the Christian life in your own strength, you're going to fail. I speak from experience, okay? I have failed, I have stumbled as I've tried to serve God in my own strength. But praise God, he can empower us I love the story about uh, the disciples. Jesus said, you stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. And once that power came, God transformed these men who were always doubting, who were always filled with unbelief. He translated, uh, transferred them and, and uh, transformed them into men who were filled with zeal and power to do the work of God. And he can still do the same for us today as we draw near to him. Uh, so the title of my message is The Secret of Abiding in Christ. And uh, let's look at verse 1. It says, I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, 
is thrown aside like a branch and withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. The secret of abiding in Christ. So what does Christ do as we abide in him? Well, first of all, he enables us to remain effective. He enables us to remain effective. He says in verse 1, I am the vine. There's, can I tell you, there's no other vine. Jesus is the vine. We must draw our strength from him. Verse 4, he says, remain in me and I in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. So the secret to an effective Christian life is to abide in Christ. It's not willpower, although you do exercise your will. Uh, it, it's not uh, trying to get just in the right mindset, although that also uh, can help you if you have the mindset of God's word. It is remaining in Christ. He is the source of our strength. So how do you remain in Christ? Well, one thing you can do is you can spend regular daily time in God's word. Isn't that a wonderful privilege that we have? Um, and, and let God feed you from his word. Spend regular daily time in prayer. Casting your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. Um, and, and God's peace that passes understanding will sustain you. And God's power will work through you. And he mentions prayer here in this, in this passage. Um, another way you can abide in him is by taking regular time to assemble with God's people. What did Jesus say? The church is the body of Christ and he is the head. And the hand can't say, I don't need the foot. And the eye can't say, I don't need the hand. We all need each other, and God has placed us together as an assembly so that he can use us to be a blessing to one another and help us walk more closely with Christ. Uh, so we remain in Christ. Another thing you can do is regularly praise and thank God. That is a great thing to do, to remain in Christ. Uh, as you praise him. It could be in song. I like to use music, and I, uh, I've, I've got uh, some things I use to, to play songs, and I sing along with those songs in my quiet time. And uh, this morning, I shouted, and I was wondering if anybody was out in the driveway and heard me. Uh, I was getting excited in the Lord. But listen, uh, these things are ways that you can uh, abide in Christ, and as you do, you will be more effective as a Christian. I can tell a difference. If I miss Three days in a row of spending time with God, I can tell a difference in my spiritual life. I begin to slide. I begin, and I also noticed um, when I was a young man, and I was before I became a pastor, I was going to a church that didn't believe the Word of God. Now, I, they didn't actually openly say that, but I began to suspect that when the Word of God was not preached uh, and something different was spoken, other than the 
the scripture that would be read at the very beginning of the message. And uh, I, I noticed in that regard, too, I began to slide a little bit in my spiritual life. You need to be in a place that believes the Word of God. Uh, and so uh, that's important as well. But uh, effectiveness, because it comes from Christ, we've got to stay connected to Christ uh, so that God can be effective through us. And uh, what will he do as we walk closely with him? He'll produce a different character in us. The Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, or faith, and self-control. Uh, God produces these things in us in relation, as we're in relationship with him. And so if you want to have Christian character, there's just one way to get it. And that is to abide in Christ. Uh, but it will also help you to be effective in your ministry to other people. Because when you're walking closely with God, God will uh, direct you in your conversations. Uh, this, this past week, I, I had an opportunity to talk with somebody. And I felt like God was just saying, you just need to uh, take this opportunity, this this." Uh, man was wanting to speak to me you take some time and uh, and just talk with him and I, I spent probably an hour and a half or so with him on the phone uh, as he was struggling and uh, but the Holy Spirit kind of gave me that cue uh, he was wanting to, to to set it up for another time but I just felt like we need to talk tonight and so we did that and so uh, often he will bring a scripture to mind as you're speaking with somebody that you can share or perhaps a testimony, something like that. And he will help you and will make you more effective as you minister to others, as you witness for Christ. Uh, he is the secret to it all. And so uh, the secret of abiding in Christ, what does Christ do as we abide in him? Well, he enables us to remain effective. Secondly, he enables us to remain confident. He enables us to remain confident. If you look at verse 2, he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he removes. Now, that's what my translation says, and most translations say something like that. He takes it away or he removes it. Um, and it makes sense. You know, you've got, a, you've got somebody who is tending to a vine. They cut off the dead branches, right? And so that's kind of where that idea comes from. But this can be translated differently. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. Uh, and this, this meaning of this word uh, is, is something that is entirely uh, appropriate to its use. And uh, I read a little book by Bruce Wilkinson years ago about this topic. And he had interviewed people that work with vines. And he said sometimes a, a branch will get down into the dirt. And it will get covered with dirt. And, uh, uh, and it's just not producing fruit. So what the person will do is he'll lift that branch up. And he'll pin it up, and he'll wash it off and clean it off real good so that it can produce fruit. And, uh, and so uh, that is another way to take this. And I, I kind of I, I kind of like that because I think God does that in our lives. Uh, he does. When we are, are where we can't help ourselves, he comes alongside us and lifts us up. And he washes us off. Aren't you glad for the cleansing power of Jesus Christ in our lives? And, and he, he fits us and makes us where we can bear fruit. Uh, praise God, it is his work. We can be confident in that. 
but then it also says he prunes us. We can be confident that as we abide in Christ, he will do the work of cutting out those things and removing those things in our lives that are preventing us from bearing fruit. And sometimes that may not be pleasant, but God is a master gardener, and he is able to help us. And, and uh, what a wonderful thing. And listen, the, the awesome thing about abiding in Christ and God doing his pruning work is as he prunes us, we grow closer to him. We, we have more of the joy of the Lord. We have more of the power of God. We have greater power in prayer, we'll talk about here in a moment. Uh, but uh, we can be confident that God will do this work. And then in verse 3, he says, You were already clean because of the work I have spoken to you. Now, this is very important. He's talking to his disciples, and he says, You've trusted in me. You have put your trust in me, and I want to tell you something. You are clean. God has done his work of cleansing in your life, and you can be confident of that. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If my uh, usefulness to God was dependent upon my performance, I'd be in serious trouble because I fail every single day. Sometimes I shake my head. <laughs> I, I get up the next day, I, I think, Lord, how in the world did you use me? I blew it, you know, and I, you know, and uh, you, you, still, you still use me. What a great God we have. But he, that cleansing work, guess what? God didn't just save me of my sins that were in the past. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. How much of it does he know about before? All of it. Right? He knows it all. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> he said, that Roger, what am I going to do with him? <laughs> but knowing, knowing me the way he did, he still chose to die for me, and he still chose to die for you. Isn't that an amazing thing? So be confident of that. As you seek to abide in Christ, you're not going to abide in Christ because you're worthy of it. You will abide in Christ because he has shown you the grace that comes to the cross of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so be confident of that. And, uh, and, and he will uh, help you remain confident as you abide in him. So the secret of abiding in Christ, what does Christ do as we abide in him? He enables us to remain effective. He enables us to remain confident. Thirdly, he enables us to remain expectant. Look at verse 7. This is a great promise, conditional promise. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Wow. That is an impressive promise. If you remain in me, Condition one, that is, I spend regular, daily time seeking his face and pursuing him in my life. Uh, and, and my words abide in you. That is, I'm in the word of God, and God is changing me, and he is making me uh, into the likeness of Christ as he grows me spiritually. When those two conditions are met, you remain in me, and my word remains in you, you shall ask whatever you will, and it shall be done. Why is that? Because God knows that what we will ask for will be what is on his heart. Because you see, as we remain in him, what are we doing? 
We're surrendering ourselves to him, right? You can't abide in Christ and quench the Holy Spirit at the same time with sin. You surrender, and you trust him, and you're, you're seeking him, and you're seeking his will. And so what does God do? God says, hey, he, his heart's the same as mine. I'm going to answer his prayer. Her heart's the same as mine. I'm going to answer her prayer. Because they're praying according to the will of God. So you can remain expected as you remain in Christ because God will answer your prayer. You want to have power in prayer? Remain in Christ. Did you know God doesn't just answer the prayers of preachers? He answers prayers for all his people. If you remain in him, you can be powerful in prayer. You can be expectant. That God is going to answer. You can take it to the bank because when you pray according to his will, you are aligned with what he desires and he will bring it to pass. I, I get excited about promises like that. Uh, you know, that, that's one worthy of putting on your fridge. Uh, you know, uh, let it sink into your soul. Let it become a part of your thinking because this could revolutionize your life. As you pray for your family, God can change them. As you pray for this church, God can change us. Hallelujah. As you pray for this community, God can work in this community and do mighty things. If we remain in Him, we can be expectant for Him to work. Every day that we live and serve Jesus, ought to be an exciting day because we walk with the one who created all things. We walk with the one who speaks in power. We walk with the one who answers prayer. We walk with the one who created each day that we live for his purpose so that we could fulfill those purposes he has for us. Remain expectant as you remain in Christ. He'll help you to do that. So the secret of of abiding in Christ, what does Christ do as we abide in him? He helps us to remain effective, to remain confident, to remain expectant, and lastly, to remain delightful, to remain delightful. As many of you know, I have two grandsons, and I delight in them. I, uh, Sherry, for my birthday, she got me a little picture of the two of them to put on my desk, and, and sometimes, I know I'm supposed to be working, sometimes I'm just looking at their picture and grinning. <laughs> and I think, God, you're so good to give me those two little guys. And, uh, and you delight in them, and, and they're special to you. Did you know, if you know, if you know Christ, he delights in you. He loves you. And, and how do you remain delightful? As you remain in Christ, you will keep his commands. Verse 10, look at verse 9. He says, as the fathers loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. It's a choice. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Now, as kids begin to get a little bit older, 
they, they begin to get a mind of their own, right? And uh, I remember um, when, when Megan was little, uh, I, I don't even remember what she did, but she'd done something, and her mom came and said, this kid needs a spanking. And she handed her off to me, and of course, Megan was smart. She knew what was getting ready to happen, and she didn't want it to happen. So I was taking her through uh, the fellowship hall, and she, she refused to go. You've been there, I'm sure. And so I picked her up, and the arms and the feet start going. And as I walk in front of all those church people, she says, Don't spank me! <laughs> Can be, become a little bit of an adventure in, the, in those toddler years. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes we can, uh, and I'm not, it was a little bit embarrassing, but uh, uh, I, I still, uh, still love it. God still loves us when we blow it. But if you really want to be delightful to the Lord, obey his commands. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God's, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, seeking the heart of someone who is completely his. That means that it's very precious to God, and God delights in that when he sees it. Moses, the scripture tells us, was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Uh, God delighted in Moses, and, and God gave Moses some special experiences that no one else got to have. Uh, Moses was able to come up on the mountain and to commune with God there and the, the, the cloud that covered the glory of God so Moses wouldn't die. And then ultimately to see the back of God's glory as God covered Moses and walked past him and his face shone with the glory of God. Um, scared the people half to death when he came down the mountain glowing and everything. They had to put a veil on. <laughs> they were about to pass out. They were so afraid. That uh, Moses had this special privilege. Why? God delighted in him. Job uh, was the topic of conversation in heaven. God said, uh, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. And God was delighting in Job. Why? Because Job had a heart for God. He sought to follow after God. Um. Throughout Scripture, you see this. You know, Samuel, here's, here's Samuel, and, and the, there's a wicked priesthood in the land of Israel, but God sees in Samuel a heart that delights after the Lord, and he raises up Samuel, and he blesses Samuel and gives him a ministry. Saul disobeyed God, and God said, I've rejected you from being king, and I'm going to find somebody who is a man after my own heart uh, to rule over my people. And of course, the greatest, the greatest example of God's delight was when Jesus stepped into the waters of baptism. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I, uh, I got to see uh, Megan and Cal yesterday a little bit. And uh, Cal lifts weights and, you know, Whenever I hug him, I think, good night. 
You know, it's like, and I, I told him that the other day. I said, I said, Cal, I said, you're jacked. I know that word because my son taught me that, okay? Uh, I said, you're jacked. And, and uh, of course, he, he was kind of going like this. And Megan said, I know, right? He's my husband. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's kind of what, what's happening here. God, God delights in us. He sees as we seek him with obedience. He's, wow, that's my son. That's my daughter. And he delights in us. If you will remain in Christ, he'll enable you to remain delightful. Now, none of us are perfect in that. We all fail and we all sin. But praise God, we have someone to walk with us through the seasons of life who will sustain us and help us in it if we'll abide in him, if we'll delight in him and draw near to him. He will live his life through us. That is the secret of abiding in Christ. Not I, Paul says, but Christ. I am, he says in, in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is perhaps the most significant, uh, significantly used man of history because God used him to spread the gospel all over Europe. You and I are Christians today because of the Apostle Paul. God is still using his impact uh, in this world today. Uh, how did the Apostle Paul accomplish all these things that he accomplished for Christ? He says, not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ who dwells in me. Who gave him the great faith? I, this life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's Christ's faith in me. All that he accomplished, he accomplished because Paul had learned the secret of abiding in Christ. And Christ lived his life through him to the glory of God. The secret of abiding in Christ, what does Christ do with us as we abide in him? He enables us to remain effective, to remain confident, to remain expectant, and to remain delightful. And you'll have to wait till next week to hear the rest of them. All right? <laughs> we'll continue this next week. Uh, but praise God that he is with us and that he works with us in this life. And if you don't know Jesus, you need a relationship with Christ in order to abide in Christ. And we'll talk to you here in a moment about that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this uh, and, and for the fact that you show us the secret of abiding in Christ, Lord, so that we can live lives that please you and honor you and are effective and we can have power in prayer. Uh, Lord, help us live out this life that you've called us to live and to abide in Christ as you have asked us to do. And... Uh, Father, um, help us persist in that. Help us do it day in and day out so that you can grow us and, and help us become the people you've created us to be. And I pray especially for those who don't know Christ today, Lord, give them the grace and the ability uh, to repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus Christ.